Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time to groove with Groovy with an all-time great Razorback quarterback. Takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, he'll score. Touchdown. Quinn Groovy showing the great athletic ability, did it his way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst Quinn Groovy. Groovin' with Groovy is brought to you by Bell & Sward at 1011 Oak Street in Conway. From boots to suits, they have everything for the best-dressed man. Now, let's groove. All right. <clears throat> Quinn, welcome back. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I, you know, just went through this this holiday season and had some ups and downs, man. Had to go back to Duncan, Oklahoma, and one of my teammates in high school, who's actually in the documentary Growing Up Grove, he passed away. Hmm, had a heart attack. And so I had to go do that. And then got back, and my stepdaughter, Kelsey, got married on New Year's Eve. She was one of those 12, 31, 23 people, and okay. she got married at 123. And so, uh, so you went from some lows to some highs, but all in all, man, it was a it was a good holiday season, and uh, hey, ready for the new year. Quinn, I don't know if you can bump your level any, but you're kind of a little bit low. Um, what was the significance significance of twelve thirty one twenty three? I saw. Am I dumb? Did I miss yeah. it? What yeah. am I? Why am I dumb? It's one two three one two three, right? Oh yeah. my god, it did yes. not even occur to me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that the other day. I was like, I don't even know what that means, and I just moved on about my day. <laughs> yeah, I got married at 123. Okay, that's perfect. I do at 123 exactly, huh? That's right. I love it. That's started, hilarious. Started at 123. And Great. I was a DJ. That's beautiful. That's good. And you definitely heard, uh, <laughs> I hope you got some Earth, Wind, and Fire at the uh, reception. Oh, absolutely. You know, all the music is being played. And uh, at some point in time, you got to have people leave your house. So you can't keep the music flowing <laughs> that hard. Right. But Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> That's always going to be on the playlist when you got to get people to the dance floor. Yep. Well, we haven't had John, I don't think, uh, since KJ ended up at Gus's house at UCF. And Arkansas just got a receiver commitment from Texas A&M, a lightly used young man with apparently great speed. And um, just curious, your thoughts on what, what you've seen happening with the portal? I think it was a good move for KJ. There's no doubt about it. I mean, going to Gus – uh, you'll get a chance to see. I know a lot of people have talked about at one point in time Gus being on the hill and that never materialized. But, you know, now people will get a chance to see what that, that marriage would have looked like. So we'll see how that happens and what, what goes on with that. But I think KJ is reaching uh, a, a great spot. I think he has the thought process of, you know, Gus helped Cam get to the league. And, uh, and so I think he sees himself in the mold of Cam Newton. And hopefully, uh, for, for his sake, that uh, Gus will be able to help him develop. But uh, definitely, we knew that was probably going to take place. Uh, but, you know, the portal is the portal is what it is. I mean, you've, you've just got to be able to deal with that. People have an opportunity to move when they want to. And, you know, it feels like that linebacking court, Arkansas, is really taking a hit. But Sam and Travis have been able to get some other guys to come in and, and really help you out. To me, that's the spot that's really been depleted more than any of them. But... Uh, you got a couple of guys coming in that that can help you out with Sori and and uh, the, the freshman you got, from, or excuse me, the the high school uh, senior you got from Alabama. You got Brad Spence coming back, so it'll be interesting to see what that linebacking core looks like as you move forward. But uh, you just got to be able to deal with the porter, un- understand it, and uh, cope with it. I'm excited to see what the offensive line looks like uh, with the the news that hopefully it's good news with the Florida transfer there today, the Mississippi State transfer there today Richard Davenport was just on us and went on with us and he felt like it looked good for both of those guys that could be five 
offensive line transfers that they get in, if they get both of those guys, all of a sudden the competition for the you know for a starting job in the spring, it looks very healthy and looks like maybe the line has been replenished. No, I think that that was the plan. I think when you look at the offensive line, I think the plan was to get five guys who could actually be your starters coming in for this next season. And, or, uh, like act, like you said, compete at a high level. Uh, uh, you know, some of the guys we had on the offensive front last year, I mean, there are guys that can continue to try to develop. But I think uh, the mindset was to get guys that can come in and play right now. And I think Sam addressed a lot of those positions. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if he can continue this and, and finish strong with a couple more offensive linemen, then I think you have an opportunity to have a new starting five and you've got an opportunity to create some depth from some guys that have played uh, and had some experience. Yeah, or maybe the guys who started last year that returned this year, that lights a fire under them in the offseason. And they're like, I'm not giving up my starting job, and they get that much better. That would be ideal, too. Well, I mean, competition is the biggest thing, that, and I think that what you're talking about, and I think you're spot on with that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, this will be their opportunity to stick around and continue to compete. Uh, they, they've got a they've got an upper hand being in the in the program, but everybody's got to learn a new offense, yeah. and so everybody's starting from ground zero, and so it's all, it's going to be all about who can protect that quarterback and and be very physical when Arkansas decides to try to run the football. There was news out last night that um, they were going to hire a new wide receiver coach from Missouri State that had worked with Petrino uh, when he was there. Have you heard any of this? Do you, do you know anything about it? I, I haven't heard anything, and of course, being at the university, I wouldn't dare say anything until it was actually released by the university. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen rumors about it. I've seen rumors about a lot of different people, but if it happens, if, I mean, for me, it makes sense. I mean, Petrino's going to get somebody uh, that understands what he's trying to do, uh, that's been on his staff before, <clears throat> that'll be able to help you out. Quinn, let me ask you about the national championship semifinals, and uh, <clears throat> I want to check in on Greg Sankey because, unfortunately for him, not all prayers get answered. <laughs> Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. He was. I don't know if he prayed to baby Jesus or not. But obviously, Greg Sankey was very hopeful for a current and a future SEC team, I'm assuming, in the national championship game. And Quinn, he got neither. But in the process, I think we got a really good championship game. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic game. And, uh, you know, Michigan, I thought when they played against Alabama, they were probably the more physical team. I mm -hmm. mean, defensive front, offensive front. I thought they were able to run the football a little better. And I thought that they put Jalen Milrow in a terrible situation. I mean, that, that defensive front – was doing some twists and stunts. They knew where J Milrow liked to try to escape. They had guys running towards him. They had spies. They overloaded, uh, you know, sides and confused Alabama's offensive line, five sacks in the first half. And I, I think that put Alabama in a situation where they, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, was so afraid to even try anything with Milrow. I mean, it felt like we were watching the Milrow of uh, the first two or three games when he was mm -hmm. about to lose his job. I mean, they were dinking and dunking and just hoping and praying somebody would pop one. But – uh, give Michigan a lot of credit. I mean, they were very good. Uh, but I, this Washington team is, is is dynamic. I mean, those three wide receivers they have and the way Michael Penix is spinning this football is really off the charts. If if Michigan can't get to Michael Penix and disrupt him in any kind of way, 
they're going to have to score over 30, 30 points to win this football game. If Washington gets the 30 points, or I'll even say 28, if Washington gets the 28, I think that that's going to put Michigan in a bad, bad spot. And uh, I expect Washington to win this football game simply because of Penix. I just don't think they'll be able to disrupt them. I think that defense from Washington will be able to find a way to get still a possession or two. And when you steal a possession and give the football back to that offense, that puts you in a bad, bad situation. So I'm going with Washington. I was touting the Michigan run game going into the semifinals, and they ran for you know a few yards. I mean, they had 100 yards, whatever. Quorum had some moments. Um, and we know Washington's defense is not maybe what Alabama's is, although it's obviously they've got plenty of talent and they haven't lost a game yet. Do you think Alabama or Alabama? Do you think Michigan can control the game a little bit more? Maybe keep the ball away from Penix a little bit with their run game? Yeah, I think that that's what they're going to have to do. And Michigan's going to be very physical. I think that that is going to be the key. When you look at their stat, it's going to be third down conversions, keeping the football, and time of possession. Those two things. And I think. I think what I'm excuse me, Michigan is going to have to get to that that 30 minute, 32, 35 minute mark of time of possession. I don't know if they can keep it that long, but if they can do that, that really gives you an opportunity to keep that ball away from Michael Penix and what they're trying to do. And Michigan's going to be physical. And J.J. McCarthy's very athletic, so I, I expect to see him be involved kind of like he was in the second half on some design quarterback runs because of his athletic ability to try to keep Michigan uh, keeping that football and keeping the time of possession. But if they can do that, that gives them a chance. Yeah, I'm tempted to bet the over, but I'm with you, Quinn. I think Michigan does everything they can to slow this game down and limit the number of possessions that Washington gets to where it's a, a slower-paced game. It's tempting to go over, and betters love going over on you know national championship games, Super Bowl games. It's just a lot more fun to root for the over, but – if Michigan has any chance, they got to slow this game down and and try to win it like twenty four twenty one, you know, to where they yeah, just don't yeah. give them a lot of chances. Yeah, I think you're right about that, and uh, I mean, I think that that is the plan, and I think Michigan is comfortable playing with that plan. But looking at Michigan and how they match up with with Washington Washington's offense, I think Jim Harbaugh and I heard Joe Clatt talk about this the other day, and I think it made a whole lot of sense. He was talking about how Michigan and Harbaugh has really had to reconstruct their defense to get ready for Ohio State. And what Ohio State did over the last couple of years, C.J. Stroud, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Chris Olave, all those receivers out there running around, they had to be able to come up with a way to, to slow them down. Mm. And uh, so I think that, that may be a transferable experience that may help them with Washington. But those wide receivers, man, <laughs> they're dynamic. I mean, they make tough catches. They get behind you. They can run after the catch. And if they decide to go man-to-man at any point in time, it's, it's going to be lights out because Penix is going to put the ball on the money. All I know is I heard Connor Stallions had a summer home in Seattle, Quinn. That's all I know. So just take that for what it's worth, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, how about the NFL? You know, I saw we were about to go through the list here, and I'll go through it in a minute after we let you go. But a lot of guys are going to rest this week. And I just I'm curious about the thinking with with uh, Lamar Jackson, and you rest him this week, which they're going to do. He's also off next week because of the bye. As a guy who knows what the, the you know the the job entails, what do you think about that? Sitting two weeks. Well, I mean, you know, Lamar he plays so uh, so physical from a from a running perspective and and keeping plays alive. I, I'm all for it. I mean, I think Lamar is so locked in right now. I mean, it's just ridiculous what this offense is doing. And I thank him for helping me win my fantasy championship. Hey. But, uh, yeah. That's Sounds right. like somebody's getting a new suit. 
<laughs> that's right. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if that's going to impact him. I mean, he's going to practice. It's not like he's going to be yeah. sitting around. But I just think it's all about keeping him healthy for the stretch run. To me, this is the opportunity for Baltimore to win a championship because the AFC is it is it there's a lot of dysfunction going on over there. And so I think it's an opportunity for them to get to the Super Bowl this year and, and, and just deal with whoever comes out of the NFC. And I think dysfunction has crept in in, in the NFC too. People mm. don't know their identity. Philadelphia doesn't know what they want to do. Mm. San Francisco is trying to figure out what's going on. And those are the two best teams. And so West might be an opportunity for your your boys to slip in there. And I, and I was going to ask you, West, did you yeah. did you think that did you think that the referee made a bad call in that Detroit Lions? Dallas Cowboy game by not. Really. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> that was the right call all day, every day. There were like three things wrong on that play, and they just flagged them for one. Did you see that they're the Brad Allen and his crew? That was what I was going to mention earlier. They're working the Steelers Ravens game. Speaking yeah, of the Ravens, so I mean, I heard they're not oh, doing wow. postseason now because of this mistake the other day. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be working a big game this weekend for the Steelers. It's a huge game now. Obviously, huge. you got some advantages because of the. You know, Lamar's not playing, but Quinn, give me was, go I ahead. was just going to say one of the things Coach Kelly brought up, if you're the the Ravens, you don't want to see the Bills in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. They're coming along. So if they're, the Steelers win and the, and the Bills lose, then they're out. You can help out. Yeah, that's an interesting point. The Bills are the third pick at Oakland right now, Quinn. So the Niners are the wow. favorites. Behind them is the Ravens, which, I again, I can make an argument. Certainly the Ravens should be the favorites, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's more challenges. Maybe in the AFC would be the point. Uh, Bills are third, followed by the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Bills are plus 800. Cowboys, 900. Chiefs, 900. Eagles, 1,400. Dolphins, 1,600. Mm-hmm. Then wow. the Lions, the Browns, the Jags, the Rams, the Packers, the Texans. Anyway, I could go deep. But anyway, give me a team outside the top couple that you think have a, have a good shot to sneak in the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Dolphins. I yeah. Mean, they're too explosive. I mean, their offense is fantastic. Now, they had a couple of injuries. I mean, they lost their one or two of their best defensive ends, and Chubb and I think it's Phelan. Mm-hmm. Um, those two guys are very, very instrumental. Uh, I'll wonder if, you know, like Jason Pierre-Paul can come in and help him. I mean, he's kind of – he's getting up there long in the tooth. Uh, but this, this Miami offense – is is really second to none, especially when Tua is, is clicking. Now they beat up on teams that have a losing record. They finally beat a team like a, a like the Dallas Cowboys, and so they get some street cred with that. But I think, man, I, in a one game setting in the playoffs, and you got to deal with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, and then A Chain coming out of the backfield. I think that that is that is a scary proposition. And so I would say the Miami Dolphins, uh, to me, is the wild card team that people should not want to play. You hopefully. If you're if you're a team, you get them at your house, and it's a cold it's a cold cold day. I kind of like uh, the Eagles still. I think they they could turn it around. I think they can turn it around. <laughs> Who are you? I thought you were a Cowboys fan. What's wrong with you? Well, I'm kind of rooting. I'm hoping that the Eagles, you know, win their first round game, then go to San Francisco and win that game. That means the NFC Championship game would be in Dallas. <laughs> if Dallas won their first two playoff games. So maybe that's why I'm so optimistic. Okay. I don't think Quinn's jumping on board that one. In the past, he's been yeah. pro-Philly over Dallas, but I don't think he's, you're getting him there today. Hey, let, let me get this call in here real quick from Kurt, and then we're going to hit a break here and let Quinn go. What's up, Kurt? Thank you for taking my call, man. I just wanted to tell Mr. Crowley, 
You're my favorite football player for the University of Arkansas. I'm 69 years old. I have been following Razorback football since 1962. And not for your achievements in 88 and 89, but for what you did in 1990. When we went 3-8, and defense set a record for points allowed. But I've heard from everyone who played on that team that's made comments over the years that you had your foot in everybody's butt that entire year (laughs) in practice, in the games, and used your considerable ability to give it 110%, and that's what champions do. And that's why you're my favorite Arkansas football player over all this time. I appreciate your performance, Mr. Groby. Kurt, that's a very nice call. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it, man, for well. taking my call. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's awful nice to say. And, uh, I mean, you know, hey, playing for the University of Arkansas is a privilege. And uh, we get a chance to do that. And even though when we were struggling, I mean, we try to continue to compete hard for uh, this state. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to go 3-8 and eight after you won a couple of championships and continue to fight. <laughs> I'm sure. And, uh we had, but we had some players and we had some fans that continue to support us, and uh, so I'm thankful every day for that opportunity, and I'm thankful to be your your favorite football player because there's a lot of players that you could select. So I, you know, I I don't uh, take that for granted. Man, they ought to have you in there to talk to the team. You're the kind of man they need to hear about character. Thank you well, for I taking my call. Thanks, Kurt. I get a chance to spend time with those student athletes an awful lot. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm in their ear. So I get a chance to talk to them. And, um, and so it's a, it's a great experience. And this role that I'm in at the foundation, I'm around them an awful lot and, and get a chance to uh, impose some of that wisdom to the ones who want to listen for sure. Quinn, I was just going to let you know, Ronnie Fouch, the new wide receiver coach at Arkansas, has changed his Twitter profile to wide receiver coach University of Arkansas, and it lists his address, Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, not that it's official, but that looks pretty official. (laughs) Go with that. (laughs) Sounds like it. That's how we find out about most things nowadays, right? Petrino, that's how we figured out that was a done deal. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Get the grandkid out there doing the woo pig. Yeah. Yep. All right, Quinn, we appreciate the time, buddy. Uh, congratulations on your uh, your win in your fantasy league. I was out in about week three once um, yep. Jefferson went down for the Vikings, and I was like, well, that was fun. Well, lasted. So, hey, um, hey, just before I get out of here, man, I just want to say thanks to Eric Schwartz and Bell and Schwartz for sponsoring this uh, segment. I mean, it's been an awesome experience. And uh, I'm telling you out there, you folks in Conway, Little Rock, Central Arkansas, if you, if you want to get your wardrobe right, Get on over to uh, Eric Schward and Bell and Schward, and they'll get you get you taken care of in Conway. Right on Oak Street. Is this the last? Is this our last segment for the year? I think so. Ah, no! Oh my gosh! Boo! Who did this? Okay, that's fine. Well, it's fun, man. We really appreciate you. It's been great all season long, even when a tough year, and we got better days ahead, my friend. Hopefully, we can do it again next season. That's right. Hopefully, we can, man. I appreciate you guys. Love being on the show. All right, thanks, Quinn. Appreciate Later. you.